Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It was a long delay. We had the end of summer. We had the fall football season. We're in the middle of basketball season. But more importantly, we are back for the Bald to Bald podcast, season two, episode one, with your with myself, Shane Taggart, and my main man, formerly between the pipes, TJ Jones. TJ, it is great to be back on this side. It's, of the microphone. It's great to be back, Shane. It's great to be back. I think if if you were listening to this podcast, you know, beginning of the summer, you probably realized that the PLL is not something fun to talk about. Um, we were kind of fitting a square peg in a round hole, given that you know we know lacrosse, but let's not you know sugarcoat anything. We know lacrosse, but I'm not following the PLL that much other than checking scores. And by and this and the simple fact is, by the time that I finish watching a game on a Saturday in the summer. I don't I, I just don't want to watch it the next weekend. So we're back to what we know and what we love, which is college across. We've got an exciting season ahead of us. We got a lot of changes from the offseason. Um, and I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to uh, to get this thing rolling. Absolutely. T. couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. I think, uh, you know, the PLL is a great product. It's grown a lot since we were playing in the youth days. But at the end of the day, I enjoy just college lacrosse so much more. Um, from the upsets in early February to, you know, May Madness, conference tournament play. Every Saturday just feels like it's a big game on ESPNU um, and, you know, even CBS Network. So I think it's going to be great. Uh, with this first episode of Season 2, I think it's only fair. There's been a lot of changes in, in college lacrosse over the offseason. Uh, we got new conferences. We got teams joining. You know, we got conferences folding. And more importantly, um, we, we start the year off with a top 20 that I think you and I are both finally pretty proud of to say that our alma mater cracked the top 20 preseason uh, for the St. Joe's Hawks, which, which is, you know, a, a testament to Coach Ray and what he's done. But, um, you know, we won't have the St. Joe's suck fest the whole year. It'll be tough, but. Um, Listen, they're going to be a great team this year. They're headed into a new conference that we'll talk about a little later with the A-10 that's going to be you know, competing as kind of the the top of the middle tier or the best of the rest, if you if you call it that. Um, I think uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season, but I think it's going to be a fun one to say the least. Absolutely, and, and T, the first thing that sticks out to me in this top twenty is a, a little bit of disrespect to the boys down in College Park. The Terps coming off one of the best seasons of all time. They've been called the greatest team of all time. They, they just went undefeated. They make the Final Four every year. And they're going to be slighted number two behind Virginia. I think, it's, I think that's criminal. Um, it's absolutely criminal. I mean, we look at Virginia every year, and it's just this ACC bias. And I thought we were going to get over the ACC bias when – you know, they folded last year, didn't get a at-large bid, and it was a it was a nightmare, and everybody was screaming for Notre Dame and this, that, and the other thing. But you know, we 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 get find ourselves back at square one with this ACC bias. There's no reason for Maryland not to be number one this year. Um, I'm curious to see how the other polls play out. I know there's the transfers and NIL money is a big deal now, and the transfer portal is running rampant. Um, but there's no reason that Maryland shouldn't be number one. It's 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 insulting. Yeah, and, and, and even looking at the rest of the, the top 20, you know, clearly, and we're going to do this next, is, you know, kind of power ranking or just ranking the, the conferences that we think are, you know, the best to the worst. And, 
um, you know, give out some predictions and such. But I mean, I look at that top, you know, the the, the whole top twenty, and there's six Ivy League teams in there. Like, I mean, no disrespect to Dartmouth, but um, <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Dartmouth. <laughs> no disrespect. I mean, I couldn't get in. I probably wouldn't have gotten there. But I guess when you look at the Ivy League from top to bottom, they have six teams in there. They got to be number one ranked for power conference across the board. I mean, they, they're clearly the, whole the best. conference is in the they're top clearly the best conference based off of the poll. Um, but I also think they're clearly the best conference again, going off of last year where they just, they, they dominated all of their competition and they were the reason that a lot of those teams got at large visits like Brown, you know, um, Penn, Harvard, they were all fighting for that last spot. Um, I think, it's a testament to how the how the game is growing, and it's also a testament to how important it is to play meaningful games um, outside of your conference. I think there's, I mean, we talk about this with college football, but like Alabama is always afraid to play tough games outside of their conference, and you know maybe that changes with the college football playoff. But I don't understand for a lot of these teams, like just just take the swing at the bigger games. It's more fun for the players. It's more fun for the coaches. It's better for the sport to see big heavyweight battles out of conference. And if you if you want to take the swings, you're not going to get I feel like you're not going to get penalized for losing those games because you have the tougher strength of schedule. And if well, you I mean, are, you play the local games that's fine, but it's still worth being, you know, the best of the best and playing the best of the best. And I think that transitions perfectly into our number 2 ranked conference, the ACC. I know that they didn't do – I mean, you know, they almost had a no-show in the tournament for last year. But they got four teams in the top 20 with UVA, Duke, Notre Dame, and UNC. And you talk about these teams not playing big games. I mean, Cuse, the fifth team in that conference, they don't play Army this year, and they don't play Cornell. So, to me – if I'm Syracuse, like Gary Gate, let's loosen up the tie maybe and let's start getting some competition on, on the board here because you know what UVA is going to have. They they have a Tawaraton guy and, and um, Connor Schellenberger. They have UNC, which I think is going to have a pretty decent ba- bounce back year. Um, Duke is Duke where, yeah, they graduated a, a decent amount of players, but they have Brennan O'Neill who's going to lead that. And then you have Notre Dame, who picked up Yale's grad students and Chris Fake, Brian Tevlin, and you got the Kavanaugh's. So, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty loaded five right there. And, and Cuse is kind of the odd team looking out, for, for it, say. It'll be I, – when I was doing my rankings, and I think we had the same top three, um, it was a real debate whether I wanted to go Big Ten or ACC. And you look at the top, you got Maryland, Virginia – um, you go from Notre Dame, Duke to Rutgers, Ohio State. I think Ohio State is going to be a great team this year. They kind of dominated the transfer portal. They have Marcus Hudgens coming in. They have Richie LaCalandra coming in from LIU. Um, they're just, I think they're a, they're a candidate to be a good bounce back team. And obviously Rutgers transfer you. They're going to have guys coming in there every year as well as a, a strong recruiting class. Um, finally digging into uh, New Jersey's roots. Um but for the ACC, I'm really interested to see how North Carolina does. Um, they they need to have a bounce back year. I feel like they had a young team last year, and it'll be interesting to see how 
they, that experience helps them coming into coming into this year. But I totally agree with you with Syracuse. They, I, I don't know what Gary Gates doing up there. He's, it, it, it seems like he's made this team worse um, coming off of his hiring than they have been better. Um, they're taking off these these like staple upstate New York games like you're talking about. Um, Short bus rides too. You know, yeah. really, really nice on the travel for the players. Yeah, it just makes it. It just makes it looks. It just make it makes it look so bad. Like it just gives them a bad brand look. And like we remember when you know when we were growing up playing lacrosse, you know Syracuse was the was the brand. It's where people wanted to go to school. It's where people wanted to play. Everybody's wearing the S. Like at the summer camps, head, head hard hustle, Triple H, head hard hustle. Yeah, like it's it's all it, it's it's like falling by the wayside. So when I when I look at the conferences. I think Rutgers and Ohio State, especially Ohio State, they might outperform their preseason ranking right now, looking at, at sitting at number 11. And I could see a team like Duke, who's sitting at seven, drop down into the teens because, you know, they're Duke. They're going to be good, but they're, you don't know what, how good they're going to be. You don't know how they're going to put it together. Fe and February Duke versus April Duke is very two different. I mean, you know, they're known to never have any scrimmages in the preseason play their games, learn on the fly. You know, rumors have it, not even have a scouting report sometimes. So that's, I mean, and, that, and that stuff hurts you. Like, like as much as it's great as a player to play all those games, like that stuff hurts you when you're looking at, you know, those February losses to Jacksonville, High Point, Robert well, Morris in the well, past. Well, P, I mean, no disrespect, but Jacksonville, they're in the top 22. So yeah, I mean, well, well, we'll get to that. But, you know, we're talking about this year, you know, yeah, we're talking about this year. But but I do think the ACC is the clear number two um, off of all the points that you at least said. And then, you know, that brings us to the, the big bad wolf. I mean, the, the big 10, I mean, it's hard to argue when you have the defending champ in Maryland and then you look at it and you go to number 10 Rutgers and 11 Ohio State. And, you know, like I, I'm looking around and I, I have a few, I, I guess I'm looking for a map to find out where Johns Hopkins is. Because the Blue Jays down in he down in Henwood, I mean, they just right down Charles Street. They're, they're nowhere to be found. And I think you know, developing a new culture and seeing what they can do now, because this isn't the the Rables of Hopkins anymore. It's, it, they're coming up on almost twenty years without a championship, which is almost unprecedented that you would ever think that. Where you're starting to hear these names of these guys, and you're like, well, those guys are. 20, or 20 years like 20 years ago from playing i think you know like, i think no, john hopkins the name from hopkins that you could say in the last five years where you're like that guy was the best player in the country i mean it's you're right but it's also the, it's it's the same conversation that you know i was just the same point that i was just making with syracuse like yeah again another brand that we grew up like knowing paul ray idol k18 kyle harrison like idols of lacrosse like guys who people looked up to and now they're just like falling by the wayside. I think, you know, they came on a little bit last year in the Big Ten tournament. Like, Shock Penn State played a game with Maryland. Like, you never know what's going to happen with them. Um, and I feel like they can be competitive. They'll probably they have a couple transfers came in. Hopefully, that's helpful. Um, but I'm looking at their top scores from last year. A lot of seniors, um, a lot of guys that you might not see on the field this year. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I think when you look at those conference rankings, like you're talking about. You know, you look at the top, they also look at the bottom. Big Ten at the bottom, you know, Johns Hopkins. Michigan. Mi Michigan, like Penn State. Penn State's falling off the board. Like, 
I well, think the top of the Big Ten can compete with the top of the ACC, but like the bottom of the ACC is dismantling the bottom of the Big Ten. And that's what, what the heck is going on? We have them. That's why we have them at three in that top tier, um, which is you know obviously no disrespect, but shout out to the Big Ten. All those teams now are getting the strict lacrosse fields. So they're not playing inside the empty football stadiums, which is just such a dog shit look. Um, Ohio State got a new field. Um, shout out to Ryan Hannigan. I know he's a proud alumni. Big donor as well for the Buckeyes. Um, boom. You know, Michigan has a new one. Penn State's had theirs. Hopkins is Hopkins. And then um, I'm not sure what Maryland is doing. I'd imagine that that's coming soon. But it, Rutgers should be playing at URAC because that – champion or that first round tournament game was electric there in jersey where um you know you could hear the are you from anywhere in the state um but i I do think the big 10 is still that number three which now brings us to the kind of the meat and potatoes of an argument where um I, i think i'm with you on this one with the newer conference um where i'm gonna put the a10 at number four in the rankings um a little bit of bias there, no shit. But this conference last year w- would have had Richmond in the tournament, St. Joe's in the tournament. And for those who don't know, it's a new conference to line up with the, with every other A-10 sport now. Um, High Point was a game away from their conference tournament. St. Bonnie's was a game away from their conference tournament. And UMass, always a tough team in the CAA previously. Um. Hobart. And Hobart, who lost to St. Joe's in their conference tournament. So, I mean, multiple teams right on the doorstep of, of knocking down the door um, where I, I think it's going to be super competitive. A lot of these teams pull guys from the same regions. Um, it's definitely going to be very different for teams like Hobart and St. Joe's going from the NEC, I'd say, where Bryant held the reins for a while and it was always beat them and, and you're good to go pretty much. Um, but now it's like a little bit longer bus rides, a little bit more spread out. Um, but all these teams, all these teams have lost a big piece of their offense or defense, but St. Joe's has kind of kept everybody, um, especially when it starts with Zach Cole, the X Richmond's a solid team. So I think in my eyes, you know, we're we're pretty solid on the A-10 and I'm curious to see who you have ranked after the A-10. Well, yeah, I think, like you said, A-10 is definitely a number four for all those reasons. You have four or five teams that could have been in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, I think this is a – I compare the A-10 this year to how the CAA was once upon a time, maybe like four, five, six years ago, maybe not, maybe even longer, like before we were in college, right into the you know right into the beginning part of college, like 20, 2013, 2014, where you just had a ton of teams that were just going to – that were just scrapping, that were fighting each other, that had big names, that had good players all around, like Delaware in those days, Fairfield, Drexel, Hofstra, Towson, like those big teams that were always fighting against each other. That's what the A-10 has now, plus a couple. So I think, you know, first off, this is great for the sport. It's great for, you know, the brand recognition for a lot of these schools. I feel like the A-10 is a, is a conference that people know from basketball. And I think it's great to have that that leverage and that notoriety that's going to come to the that's going to come to lacrosse. Um, so I agree, a ten at number four. 
my number five, and I scribbled this out, went it back in, scribbled it out, went back in. For for number five, I think it's the Patriot League. And it's it's not it shouldn't be a shocker to anybody, but this league is this conference is just a gauntlet all the time. Every single year, you've got five to six teams that could easily win the Patriot League. So you got Army, BU, um, Lehigh, Loyola, Navy, Bucknell's always around. Um, Colgate can be feisty. Lafayette's up and coming. Uh, a lot of those that, teams. The only team that I'm not going to say is going to compete is Holy Cheeks. Um, but <laughs> you know, I think this Patriot League is a team is a is a is a team is a conference that it's always scrappy. You're going to get the physicality. You're going to get the skill. Um, and and it's number five for me. A lot a lot of those teams will ruin a shot at the postseason for you. Right. I exactly. I would put, and I'm again. I, I like to reference other sports in this. I think the Patriot League is the Pac-12 for college football. Okay. okay. A lot of a lot of strong teams where you used to have Oregon, UCLA, USC, and you know Cal some years, Oregon State, and then Washington. And all these teams are like, oh, we're going to make the college football playoff. And then they just beat each other up. Like, Army will beat Navy. Then Army will drop a, a heartbreaker to uh, Lehigh on the road. And then Loyola will get blown out by somebody. But then they'll come back and upset Army. And then they'll lose to Navy. So they just kind of kick each other around. But, I mean, that's a gauntlet of a postseason, too. Like, none of these other teams are playing. Mo like, if you're the lowest seed in the Patriot League tournament, it's almost a second season. Yeah, absolutely. Which absolutely. is, which I'm, I I kind of respect that to to win that league. It is extremely difficult, but again, um, the top of the the top definitely. It's I would say it's more consistent than most fair. of these. But um, you know, that's one through five. I think number six, and, and I'm not sure where you're going to land on this is. I think it's. I think you got to go with the Big East. How many times are we going? Are we going? Are our rankings going to be the exact same? Maybe at the bottom we're going to mix it up. But I also have the Big East. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's Coach Tierney's last run. This Denver team's going to be playing hard. He's going to yell a shit ton to just get <laughs> to get get it out of him. Um, it would be a storybook any if he rode out on top and took this team. Um, but you know how Denver's going to be. Weird offense, ball spinning. But you never know with the Pios nowadays. But Georgetown has kind of taken over this conference as the big alpha. You know, it goes through us. And then last year they get they get shocked by Udell in the first round. So I mean, outside of those two teams, again, here comes that drop off. Providence, St. John's, Villanova, like, you know, those three teams really bring down that. Um, don't forget the, don't forget Marquette at the at the very bottom and Marquette, who's won the league a couple times in the past. But again, where are those teams now? Can they make any sort of run? But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be those two teams. Denver's going to host the Big East tournament if that's how they do it there. And you know, I, I just think the, the the bottom of that is it's very hard to overcome to put them any higher. Yeah, I 100% agree. Georgetown or transfer you. You can debate whether Rutgers is transfer you, but I think after this past year, I think it's definitely Georgetown. Um, ranked pretty high. What are they, ranked third in the, in third. the preseason poll? 
Like that's pretty, that's pretty high, happens. pretty high for a team that didn't make it out of the first round. Yeah. So, and and again, that's that's literally transfers. It's Tucker Dordovic inflation. So and then they also they also lost McElroy, right? Yep, Goal they lost team. McElroy. We'll see so what they what they replaced the, the goalkeeper with. Right, but you're telling me you lose an All American goalie, and you're getting I, I don't know I I don't I'll, I'll talk to Quint and Kark um, about those rankings, but you know I, I think that puts them at the clear um, number six, and then this is where it just gets kind of all hectic. This is like filling out the March Madness bracket, where you're like, does this 14 beat the beat a five seed? Does the 13 upset a four? Because I think, nonetheless, you got to respect the teams that have a team in the top 20, and I think that would go to the CAA. With Spot on. Spot on. De- number seven for me, too. Yeah, having Delaware um, kind of represent, get to the second round, had a tough game against Cornell, but then you got, you know, you got Hofstra, who you never know what you're going to get. You got the Stags up in Fairfield. Shout out to Coach Jinta. I know those boys are excited to play. Um, you know, you got Drexel, who could come out of nowhere and have some dudes from like Denver and Utah just start hanging goals on you out of nowhere. And, and you you played at Vitus Field. It's a tough place to play in Westfield. Tough. tough. You know, on a rainy Tuesday at Vitus, anything could happen. Um, but but I think you know the CAA. You, you throw them there and. You know, not not really much else to say because the the next few conferences, it's like we got Maxion. I don't. Sun. Before before we get to the next conferences, I, I you gave the shout out to Coach Junta, and I think the same thing applies to the CAA as it does to some other conferences. Is you got to look at the bottom. Like, what does the bottom of the CAA look like? Well, Hampton is now considered in the CAA. Okay. Uh, Stony Brook, you know, Stony Brook, I mean, they, they Long Island's finest and everybody who, you know, decides that, oh, I want to get back. I got to get back to Strong Island. Uh, they end up with Stony Brook. Um, Monmouth with the new conference alignments goes to the CAA. Granted, Monmouth was a nice story a couple of years ago in the Mac. You know, we know a lot of boys who played there. They're always a fun story. Uh, they they'll they'll come up on a Tuesday and you know shock the world once upon a time, but they're Monmouth, so I I, I don't I could see them going defeated in conference play. Um, so also true. So you look at Delaware, Drexel, Fairfield, Hofstra, Towson, Delaware up there, Towson up there, Hofstra's going to be up there. Drexel, they're so annoying. I, I don't even like talking would, about them. I would argue. This is the most mid-major, mid-major conference. I, this is the definition of mid-major. Absolutely. And then and then you got Fairfield, who has a ton of young guys on it. And we know, Coach, like we said, Coach Dunt is working those boys day and night. Um, so I think Fairfield's going to be good this year. So like I, I think you rank the top and bottom. You look at the top teams. You got Delaware, Hofstra, Towson. I'll give those your top three. Or do they scare you when, you, when they come in on a Saturday? If you're a a 10 team probably not yeah. um so I, I think it's fair to put them at the near the bottom of the rankings probably the bottom of the mid-tier depending how you want to want to shape it out yeah and I, I think that's kind of the, the the next transition point that leads us to because you know those are all great and now it, it starts to get to the point where you're like all right 
Now we're scraping here because left we have the American East, the A-Sun, or as I'm going to call it this year, the A-Fun, and the glorious league with Maction. And I, I should we should have said this earlier, T, but it is great that there's no more just independence. Like everyone's in a league now, which I think that's, is that's very great. nice. It's it's good to start developing rivalries. Um, but I mean, dude, if, if we're being honest here, you look at the a, you look at the A Sun A Fun. I mean, there's a lot of teams I'm curious about. Like Cleveland State could get hot at any time out of nowhere. But then you got Jacksonville. You throw Queens, right? They're they're new. You know, you don't know what's going on at the Queens. Then you got Bobby Moe, Utah, Air Force. And, you know, I I think that's Lindenwood, another new team. But then what I think is going to put this this conference ahead is going to be the American East of Vermont and Bryant. So where do you have the A-Sun? I'm going to go American East and then A-Sun. Okay, so – while we're on the topic, A Sun is at the bottom of my list because Bellarmine, Detroit Mercy, Lindenwood, Mercer, Queens, Air Force just doesn't excite me. Cleveland State is again another cool story. They're a great program that's up and rising, but they don't excite me. Um, Bobby Moe is Bobby Moe. You never know what they're, they're a tough team. They play hard. What's we'll see what happens. I think the two best teams in that conference are Utah and Jacksonville, and I think Jacksonville. Got a little hot last year, to be honest with you. I think they got hot. I, I, you know, I'd love to see them live up to this top twenty ranking that they have. Um, yeah. I think Utah is a tough team, and I think Utah is a is an interesting place that that brand and that team will will grow and get better as the years go on. Um, but this this is a bottom of the barrel. Honestly, this is a bottom of the barrel conference for me, and I don't I don't know why I'm putting it below the MAC, but I am. Well, I mean, then even even with the American East, like Bryant, who I'm sure they're probably preseason picked to win it just due to their history. But you know, Coach Pressler's no longer there; it's, it's a new regime, um, and that I mean that thing's pretty much wide open. Like Albany dominated that for so long, and then you know, a team like UMBC, I don't know, like every couple of years they find some lightning in a bottle. Um, Merrimack, you know, coming off dominating Division Two is this a better conference for them? And, um, you know, I think the rest of those teams, you know, Vermont, you know, a fun story, but. Um, I think with, with the America East, it's three teams for me. It's Vermont, Bryant, Albany. I think Binghamton's a good story. Again, they'll, they'll come around. They'll become, they'll be competitive. I think uh, UMBC will be competitive. I think Merrimack is a, is a team that can ruin your season on a Tuesday. Um, but. Those are the three big teams. I think it'll be interesting to see how Bryant does without Coach Pressler. Um, I'd love to see Albany get back to where they used to be. Um, yeah, just unless team, unless three, brand. unless there's three Thompsons and a Connor Field showing up at, at there. I, I don't think that team's getting back to what they were. But I don't want to spend too much time on on the the bottom of our tier in this pyramid because there. I am excited. We have a good friend of ours who now is, you know, an assistant coach in the MAC. Uh, shout out to Coach Kubikowski. Um, I'm not breaking news here, but I kind of feel like I am. But you know, he's going to Manhattan. Um, he he posted on Instagram. I think it was today. So he he's let the world know that he's going to the MAC. The the Jaspers have not given official press release, but congrats to Coobs. 
um, spent a long time in, at, at Army, um, did some great things up there, spent some time in D3. He's been working his ass off. I couldn't be more excited to see this kid get an opportunity at, Jack, at, uh, at Manhattan with, uh, with Coach Oderna in a great situation just coming off of a great conference tournament last year. Um, in a conference that, you know, I'm, to, to be honest with you, I have them above the Atlantic Sun at number nine. And the realignments make it interesting for this conference. I think there's, there's teams like Mount, there's teams like Marist, Manhattan, LIU, and Canisius. Those are five teams that I think are competitive on any given day. And I think it's great for, it's, it's going to be great for the conference to see some new faces, um, a little bit of a bigger pool. Um, so we'll see how that plays out with the conference tournament. Um, but everybody loves the Mac. You no, know, everybody loves. The I mean, eleven, Mac. eleven teams. It's it's pretty much you know half of the the old NEC. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, Iona, welcome to the show. LIU, new coach. Um, you know, it, it's just that these other teams can start to maybe get some momentum. But I mean, that's going to be an absolute gauntlet. That again, going back to the football reference, it is kind of like Maction. But this is almost like the Big Twelve. Like there might be some shootouts in these games. There could be. It depends. It depends who wants to play defense. Yeah. Like so I think- an old Canisius team. I remember, you know, Connor Kiernan paving the way for that team, putting up 14, 15 goals a game consistently. Um, this that LIU team with Coach Restivo putting up 13, 14, 15 goals a game. You know, so it, it's it's a fun conference. You never know what's going to happen. Definitely going to be some fireworks here um, and kind of segmenting to the end of episode one of season two um, for the BTB ball to bald. Now T and I both have beards. We're both bald. We agree on a lot of things here. Um, final four teams, just an early prediction. Pretty sure we picked the same four out of no coincidence, but and um, seeing all of these teams play last year, looking at the transfers, looking at who steers the ship, um, I think Memorial Day weekend, you're going to be having your sunblock on, bathing suit on, going in and out of the pool. Maybe you're down the shore, but you're going to see Yale led by a ton of young, young, talented players. You know, Leo Johnson was the first one in Brandau where that attack is going to put up goals. Um, Maryland, it's the Maryland Invitational. We know that Brett Maycar is going to have those boys locked in. Locked in. The Irish are going to come back with a little bit of a vengeance this year due to getting snubbed last year. And CJ Curse is driving the bus for the Big Red. And it's time to get on the bus because that team will be going back to championship weekend. I think, I think, like we said, I, for some reason, I was expecting us to disagree a little more on some of these things. Um, but it sounds like we agreed with with most things. I think there's no reason not to include Maryland there in there because they're Maryland. Can they get upset by a Rutgers or Ohio State this year? I'm sure they can. They're going to get an at-large bid no matter what. Um, but I'll be curious to see how they play, how they come off their championship season. They have no problem going back-to-back. Um, Cornell is a great team that I thought was young last year. Granted, they came off of a, a couple years not playing. So a lot of these guys were sitting around waiting to get on the field, and they've got a great young core up the up and down the field. They have a great goalie uh, with TD Chase Erlin, I think it is TD Erlin's yeah. brother, and then obviously the Curse family. Um, Yale, another team that I think I just have such respect for 
Andy Shea and how they how they get their business done. They seem to be a team who's always, you know, in the mix for things. And like you said, they lose guys like Chris Fake and Brian Tevlin, and they have stud guys coming in as freshmen and sophomores. So Lined they're always going to be good. Ready to go. And then Chris Fake and Brian Tevlin, like we just mentioned, Notre Dame, I think you're right, is going to come out this year swaying. I think they're I think they're an elite defense. I think they have an elite goaltender and the best goalie in the country. He is legit. He is one of the best goalies I've ever watched. I love watching him play. Um and I think I think they kind of beat up on the ACC more than people expect. I would take them over Duke. I would take them over um North Carolina. I would take them over Syracuse. I would give them I would give them the edge in the game against Virginia. Um it'd be it'd be curious to see I'd be curious to see when they play them. Um but I think Notre Dame's a stud team, and as much as I don't like rooting for the Irish, I think they're going to be in the Final Four this year. Yeah, I think – and I'm just looking over at the preseason All-American list um, that they put out, and, you know, you just look at the first team and you see just Yale, Maryland, um, Cornell, Notre Dame. You go to the second team, Notre Dame, Cornell, Yale, Maryland. You go to the third team. Like, all these four teams are built up so good where – yeah, guys like Virginia might have Connor Schellenberger. Um, guys like Penn might have Sam Hanley. And, you know, the, these other teams um, might be a little bit more spread out from a talent standpoint. But Maryland's got two All-American defensemen, right? Cornell's got all like who I think, you know, All-American attackmen, All-American defensemen. Like their best versus best is, is really what's going to shine here, but we'll get into that so much more in depth this year. Um, you know, the welcome back episode, T, I, I, I think this went well. Um, this is going to be dropping today, January 13th, if we can. So a little Friday the 13th for the people, maybe Ooh. even Saturday. Um, Before we wrap this up, Shane, I want to ask you one question. One Absolutely. question, you got 30 seconds. Okay. What are you looking forward to the most this year? I am looking forward to, I think I'm going to have to say, I want upsets. upsets. Like, I want I want Tuesday nights in college lacrosse to be like, fuck. Like, we got to go play. Like, we're high point, and we're going down to UNC to play on a Tuesday. Like, we're going like, to shock them. Um, I would love to see this continuation of new fate, new programs sniffing into the top 20 where, you know, you're starting to see Richmond, St. Joe's and even Delaware a little bit more. So, I mean, I know they've been around a lot longer, but more consistently. And then, you know, it's nice to kind of see some of these big dogs fade out. Like I like not seeing Hopkins and Hughes in the top 20. Um, so I think I want to see just more parody like the NFL where we could go into this year and we don't know what's going to happen, but I just want upsets. I want chaos. I want message boards going absurd. Um, and I'm going to flip it back to UT. Um, what's the number one thing? Gun to your head, hand on the trigger. What are you looking forward to? I liked the. Uh, I liked your answer. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing these transfers and how they impact their teams. Um, I, you look at Georgetown, Notre Dame, Rutgers. Um, a lot of schools are getting transfers and they're, they're making big impacts. Um, it's it, in some places, it's how these teams stay relevant. Um, for one thing, you know, I don't know how many people are in the weeds with lacrosse and how much they know about these transfers. Um, 
but we obviously hear about NIL money all around football, how it how it's impacted, you know, the NCAA when it comes to college football. We know it's impacted the NCAA when it comes to college basketball. The NIL is in lacrosse and it's and it's a real deal. Like these big programs that have these football teams, guess what? That NIL money, that can go to these other programs too. That's how these that's uh, in some of these places, that's how they land these top guys. So, I'm really interested to see not even this year and this might be a little thing as as things unfold, but how these bigger programs, you know, are able to get these transfers and, and entice recruits, entice, like I said, entice these transfers with this NIL money. Um, but I think it's going to be a bigger story this year than we expect, and I think it's going to be a bigger story for college across moving forward. Nailed it. Hammer, nail, into the wood. Nailed it. Automatic T. Um, pleasure chopping it up today. Next week. Um, you know, we'll tweet everything out, but we'll, we'll do a little bit more in-depth, maybe a little interview next week. We'll see. Um, but until then, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, rate, review. God, it feels good to say that. Um, feels good, man. And remember feels to share. Good. And uh, have a good day, everyone. Ciao. Cheers.